imagine you are a drone honeybee out collecting honey on a sunny summer morning. Your five eyes help you see the ultraviolet colors all around you. You are driven to do your work without complaint. You are doing what you are made to do. The flowers of the field are in full bloom, and you are prepared to fill your empty baskets with pollen to bring back to the hive. You just received word this morning that there is a new queen preparing to hatch. You've only heard the tales of how the birth of a new queen can go well and the caution for protecting your current queen from being murdered by her daughter when she is born. You hear children playing a ways off, but then you smack into a glass window and lo, you are caught. Do you escape? What is to come of you? Keep listening to find out how it all ends for our dear friend, Honeybee. This is your story. You are listening to Naturalist Kids Podcast, where we bring the stories of nature to life to encourage you in your quest to learn more about God's great world. I'm your host, Joy Cherick, and today I'm joined by Hudson, age seven. If you love our podcast and want to see more episodes like this one about the honeybee, please consider supporting us through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash naturalistkids. There you will find transcripts, nature study lessons, and additional resources to go with each episode. This episode corresponds with nature study hacking insects. Nature study hacking teaches families how to get outside and use a nature journal. Head over to naturestudyhacking.com to learn more. Hudson, can you tell us a little bit about what a honeybee is like? They are small and quick. What color are they? They are yellow and black stripes. What else do you know about them? They have five eyes. Their stinger is only seen when used. Honeybees are useful to humans in that we use the honey they produce. Hudson, what's another way that bees are useful? We use the beeswax to make candles. The honeybee can be found in art throughout Western culture. They are found on honeybee jars, embroidered designs of honeybees on cotton fabric, and children's stories are filled with tales and symbols of the honeybee. Honeybees today seem to be a symbol for nature itself. Often a bee may be added to a botanical painting of a flower to show movement. The honeybee sets itself apart from others in the apis or bee family because we love its work and can find so many uses for the honey and wax they provide. We searched high and low for a great bee story for you, and we found one in Aesop's Fables. Today, we will share with you the story of the bees and wasps and the hornet. A store of honey had been found in a hollow tree, and the wasps declared positively that it belonged to them. 
the bees were just as sure that the treasure was theirs. The argument grew very pointed, and it looked as if the affair could not be settled without a battle. When at last, with much good sense, they agreed to let a judge decide the matter. So they brought the case before the hornet, justice of the peace in that part of the woods. When the judge called the case, witnesses declared that they had seen certain winged creatures in the neighborhood of the hollow tree who hummed loudly and whose bodies were striped, yellow and black, like bees. Counsel for the wasps immediately insisted that this description fitted his clients exactly. Such evidence did not help Judge Hornet to any decision, so he adjourned court for six weeks to give him time to think it over. When the case came up again, both sides had a large number of witnesses. An aunt was first to take the stand and was about to be cross-examined when a wise old bee addressed the court. Your Honor, said the wise old bee, the case has now been pending for six weeks. If it is not decided soon, the honey will not be fit for anything. I move that the bees and wasps both be instructed to build a honeycomb. Then we shall soon see to whom the honey really belongs. The wasps protested loudly. Wise Judge Hornet quickly understood why they did so. They knew they could not build a honeycomb and fill it with honey. It is clear, said the judge, who made the comb. And who could not have made it? The honey belongs to the bees. The moral is, ability proves itself by deeds. The word bee comes from the old English bean, meaning a prayer. A favor. By the time of the American Revolution, the word "bee" had become commonly associated with the British dialect form "bin" or "bean," referring to the joining of neighbors to work on a single activity to help a neighbor in need, such as a sewing bee or a quilting bee. The Latin name for honey bee is Apis. Mellifera, apis is the Latin word for bee, and mellifera is Greek for honey-bearing. What sort of food does the honey bee like to eat? Nectar and pollen. Nectar is their primary energy source, and pollen primarily is where they get protein and other nutrients. Most pollen is used as food for. The larvae, or baby bees, are bees active during the day or night? Day. They work while the sun is up. Honey bees rely on their sense of vision to locate flowers. Bees see color in a spectrum ranging from ultraviolet to orange, but do not see the color red. Red flowers are visited by birds such as hummingbirds. The flowers advertise itself to the bees with colorful petals, many of which have shiny patches of ultraviolet that humans can't see except with special equipment. 
These ultraviolet patches are called bee guides or nectar guides. Like airport runway lights, these ultraviolet regions guide the bees to the nectar. Hudson, will you please describe a honeybee, its color, and its size? It's about one and a half inches long. It has two antennas, four wings, five eyes, and six legs. Why does the bee have so many eyes? They enable bees to see UV markers in the flowers that guide the bee onto the landing platform of the flower and to the nectar reward. Each tiny lens of the compound eye perceives the surroundings from a very slightly different angle. Do you remember our opening story about our little bee? He had just gotten himself into trouble by running into a glass window. Well, he became very dissatisfied with his work after this and made a very big mess of things. He left the hive altogether and ran off trying to get others to do the same. He wished and wished he could be on his own, free from the labors of the hive and honey-making. It caused a lot of trouble for our friend. Now wasn't that silly of him? He needed the honey in the hive just as much as they needed him. You can read his story in a book called Parables from Nature. But I will give you a summary of the same principles from another source. This source is the Second Treatise of Government, written by John Locke, 1632 to 1704. This is a document that would have shaped the ideas of the founders of the United States of America later in the 1700s. Chapter 2 of the State of Nature to understand political power right and derive it from its original, we must consider what state all men are naturally in, and that is a state of perfect freedom to order their actions and dispose of their possessions and persons as they think fit, within the bounds of the law of nature, without asking leave or depending on the will of any other man. A state also of equality, wherein all the power and jurisdiction is reciprocal, no one having more than another, there being nothing more evident than that creatures of the same species and rank, promiscuously born to all the same advantages of nature and the use of the f same faculties, should also be equal one amongst another without subordination or subjection, unless the Lord and Master of them all should, by any manifest declaration of his will, set one above another, and confer on him, by the evident and clear appointment, an undoubted right of dominion and sovereignty. But, though this be a state of liberty, yet it is not a state of license. Though man in that state have an uncontrollable liberty to dispose of his person or possessions, yet he has not liberty to destroy himself or so much as any creature in his possession, but where some nobler use than its bare preservation calls for it, the state of nature has a law of nature to govern it, which obliges every one in reason which is that law teaches all mankind who will but consult it, that being all equal and independent, no one ought to harm another in his life, health, liberty, or possessions, for men being all the workmanship of one 
omnipotent and infinitely wise maker, all the servants of one sovereign master sent into the world by his order and about his business. They are his property, whose workmanship they are, made to last during his, not another's pleasure, and being furnished with like faculties, sharing in one community of nature, there cannot be supposed any such subordination among us that may authorize us to destroy another as if they were made for one another's uses, as inferior ranks of creatures are for ours. Every one, as he is bound to preserve himself and not to quit his station willfully, so by the like reason, when his own preservation comes, not in competition ought he, as much as he can, to preserve the rest of mankind, and may not, unless it be to do justice to an offender, take away or impair his life, or what tends to the preservation of life, the liberty, health, limb, or goods of another. Now it does go on, and it is sometimes hard to understand, but it talks about government and the importance of freedom and the importance of submitting to God in order that we all might live together in peace. We have a riddle for you. Why do bees hum? I don't know. Why do they hum, Hudson? Because I don't know the words. Here is a poem about the bee by Emily Dickinson. Like trains of cars on tracks of plush, I hear the level bee. A jar across the flowers goes, their velvet masonry. Withstands until the sweet assault their chivalry consumes, while he, victorious, tilts away to vanquish other blooms. His feet are shod with gauze, his helmet is of gold, his breast a single onyx, with chrysoprase inlaid. His labor is a chant, his idleness a tune, oh, for a bee's experience of clovers and of noon. leave you with this final thought from the book of Proverbs. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Thanks so much for joining us today as we explored the honeybee. Join us next time as we look into the wonderful world of the butterfly. Mm-hmm.